0: Amen. Well, three of you whispered, Amen, but that's good. Amen. I feel his presence here and I want him to speak to us. Let's join together in prayer. Lord, thank you for this day that we have, Lord, to worship you. Lord, we want, don't want to miss this opportunity, Lord, to, to give you praise today. Don't let anything get in our way today. Don't let us have an idol in our hearts and minds and not even realize it. Help us, Lord, to bring every thought and every imagination down, Lord, so that it is submitted to you. I pray that nothing stand in our way from receiving from your word today and your presence. Lord, let the Holy Ghost move across this auditorium. In the name of Jesus, let the Holy Ghost be poured out in this service today. And we give you praise for it. Lord, we've come to worship you and we've come to lift you up. Lord, we're glad when we heard it was time to go to the house of the Lord. Lord, we we appreciate your presence that is promised to meet with us today. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap today. Amen. Amen. I didn't give our wonderful um, uh, visual people my scriptures beforehand. I'll try to give it to them a little early in the lesson so that they can, uh, they can have that for us. I apologize, so we may have to wait on a few of those scriptures, and that's okay. Uh, but I want us to uh, look as we start today in 2 Timothy 2, verse 24 uh, through 26. Somebody say, praise the Lord. We've been talking about sensitivity. We've been talking about, uh, obviously, we want to be sensitive to the Lord. Uh, we want to continue to always have a heart that's sensitive to the Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. I learned at a very early age that uh, it really helps a lot to keep your eyes on Jesus. Uh, I can't tell you how uh, how difficult the battle was with Jesus. Uh, Worry and bitterness and fear and misunderstanding and uh, feeling like I hadn't been treated fairly. Uh, I can't tell you how that all takes root and begins to grow when I keep my eyes on people. Uh, And when I turn my eyes upon the Lord, it's just like the Lord takes his, his disc and he just runs down through all those weeds. And he just tears up that garden and all those feelings and all those thoughts they're surrendered uh, to the understanding that he is my example somebody say amen it's very important for us to understand that i think sometimes when we keep our eyes on people we get very sensitive uh to what people do and what they say and uh We start uh, determining intent. We start determining motive even without speaking to an individual. So we start filling in the blanks and that causes us even more consternation. I think one of the greatest revelations, uh, biblical revelations, and I thank God for His word and I always want His word to speak to me and He spoke to me this morning. As I, in my own devotional time uh, in Romans chapter thirteen, about being submitted to the power that is, whether I agree politically or not with positions they take, uh, I was challenged again by Paul's writings about uh, submitting to God means you submit to the power that's over you because God put it in place. for His will and His purpose. He's doing his business. Now, I'd like it my way, but he's going to have his way. Everybody okay? And so, uh, one of the greatest biblical revelations to me was, uh, as I was studying uh, some time ago uh, in the book of Isaiah, the first five chapters, and I noticed uh, something happened to Isaiah in chapter 6, and I noticed a change in Isaiah From that very point all the way to the end of the book of Isaiah If you want a challenging read uh, Read the first five chapters in the sixth of Isaiah And then just go a little further And you'll recognize that all of a sudden a man You know, if I was Isaiah I would go back and tear up the first six chapters But he left them there Because he had a change of attitude He had a change of mind He had a change of focus And it all happened when he saw the Lord. When Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, and he was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And it changed his entire message to the house of Israel. And that needs to happen in every one of us. We need to keep our eyes upon the Lord. Somebody say amen. And so I think it's very important that we do that, and uh, uh, that will... uh, I have to continually say, Lord, help me to keep my eyes on you because I don't want to get distracted in this last hour. Amen? So let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24. Uh, We're going to read here for just a second about something. We're talking about being offended. And and the last few uh, Sundays, and we'll end next Sunday, but the last few Sundays and also going a little deeper on Wednesday night, we're talking about how... The world in which we live is getting very sensitive. They're offended about everything. That offends me. That offends me. That offends me. That offends me. Uh, We talked Wednesday night about the word uh, being offended. Uh, In the book of Psalms it says, A great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And when we understand that that means nothing causes that person... To stumble, it means no matter what happens, you're not going to fall. And if you love the law of God, nothing's going to cause you to stumble. In other words, and we brought the analogy that if somebody misses church or gets upset or, you know, whatever the case may be, that's not going to cause me to stumble. Uh, I'm not going to let that offend me. So I guess the terminology would be we could be disappointed at times. But I think God's people need to guard against being offended so easily. Because offense means you're stumbling. You're going to fall. And, and if somebody's performance causes you to begin to stumble, then your eyes are on people. Uh, it's amazing how far I realize I need to go when I keep my eyes on Jesus. Jesus. My pastor's wife used to sing a song, I've got a long way to go to be like the Lord. And I thought she was right up there next to God, to be honest with you. How many say I've got a long way to go to be like the Lord? So keep your eyes on the Lord. That will help you, amen, to keep going in the right direction. Paul said in, uh, to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, verse 24, The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle. Somebody say amen. Unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing them that oppose themselves, if wow, you're supposed to help somebody that's even in opposition to themselves. They're they're arguing with themselves. You ever seen somebody that conflicted? Okay. Uh, In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. Now this is amazing here. This passage here in that last verse, in verse 26, it says that there are, there are people who are trapped by the devil at the devil's will. In other words, the devil did it of his own will. And they are trapped. Everybody say trapped. Verse 25 says, In meekness instructing them that oppose themselves, it per your God will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth in the original Greek. This basically means uh, they do not realize they are trapped. Uh, In fact, this this verse says that they may come to their senses. You ever had to have that talk with your kids to get them back to their senses? You've been at grandma's too long. Time to come back to earth. (laughs) Brother Kyle's clapping for the first time ever. In the adult class, no, I'm teasing. You ever sent your kids your grand their grandparents for a few days and you come back? What happened to these kids? What happened to these kids? Uh, that that they might come to their senses. It's like they need a wake up call. You ever thought anybody needed a wake up call? Sure. Uh, now, what Paul is saying to Timothy, he said there are people that are trapped. Everybody say trapped. They have been taken captive by the snare, the snare. Now, what we're talking about being offended so easily. You know, somebody didn't like my post. Well, get over yourself. You you know, maybe I didn't like your post. I don't know. Maybe nobody cares about your post. See, I I, I was raised in a different era. You know, my opinion in our house, uh, it didn't matter what opinion I had. I mean, I didn't have an opinion. This was not a democracy. Hello? But now we're in a world where everybody's opinion matters. What you think about Black Friday or, or a Freaky Thursday or what you think about the latest fads or fashions or what you think about the service or what you think about what's going to uh, happen at youth camp or youth congress and your opinion about the message. and It used to, it didn't matter because nobody knew it. Now everybody knows it. You can post it and they can all like it. Oh, I didn't like their dress either. Hello? Now, when I was being raised, everybody had an opinion, and opinions were like something, and everybody had one. Come on. I wasn't born yesterday, and I wasn't born on the altar and raised in the house of God. I- <laughs> I say, man, some of you shaking your head. You don't want it this honest, do you? You want, you want me to preach so you can go to sleep? Offended, offended about somebody didn't like this. I posted. You know, I I I had an individual call me and say, "Well, Brother Gene, now I understand what you were saying all all those times you kind of hit it. You know, from you just kind of bumped it and laughed about it." And this individual said, "I've never seen such." stupidity in all my life is I said, well, what happened he said well we went to this little party and we posted some pictures into this little party and 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 we just thought well it's people will like our pictures of our party and he said all of a sudden the thing blows up from people that were upset because they didn't get to come to the party <laughs> he said I, I, it's just crazy. He said, and all of a sudden, there's a bunch of people in an uproar because they didn't know there was a party. Well, it wasn't really a party, just people getting together and they posted. I've never seen such sensitivity. See, we didn't know that before. I had no idea they was gathering down the street and having gumbo and having a big time. I was it, blissfully ignorant. Well, now you can't be blissfully ignorant. You know everybody's business. Everybody Okay. So the chances of us being offended, now the word offense, everybody say offense. In the Greek, it mean, it, the word is scandalon. and I know we talked about stumbling and causing somebody to stumble. The word literally, if you get a word picture of it, it is a trap used by a hunter with bait in it. Now, let's talk about a trap for a minute. If you, if you make a trap known, are you going to catch anything? No, the, 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 the real uh, danger of a trap is you don't know it's there. I okay? You have no idea it's there. But there's bait there to attract you, but you don't know that when you take the bait, you're going to be snared. And this is the word Paul uses with Timothy. He said there are people that the devil has snared by his own will. That's what being offended will do. Everybody okay turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm okay hope you're okay Paul said they they that you, uh, you need to help them come to their senses so that's what we're doing here in the in these Sunday morning and Wednesday night we're talking about um, our, our as God's people uh, I guess we need to develop a thick skin uh, to put that in 20 uh, 20th century terminology we need to we need to get over ourselves. Uh, I remember one of the famous uh, words that would come out of my mother's mouth is, well, it's, you're not always going to have it your way. <laughs> really? Wow. And I got my way beat out of me a few times. Well, this is what I want, What I don't care what you want. I want to bust my sister in the chops. I don't care what you want. You're not going to bust your sister in the chops. I remember one day my mom would work, she worked at Soil Conservation Service, she was an accountant and uh, worked there for years and uh, she wouldn't get home till after 5. Well we got home from school about 2.30, went to school about 7, our school hours were early and we'd get out early. And so we'd be home for about 3 to 3.5 hours without any parental supervision. And there were tasks that must be done every afternoon when we got home. In fact, uh, one of my task was I was to take out all the trash every afternoon and vacuum the main part of the house every day. Mom was raising a good boy. He's going to be a good husband one day. Some of you fellas don't even know how to plug in a vacuum cleaner. That's not my job. Well, anyway, I'll teach on that after the first of the year. Oh, some of the women are getting ready to run the aisles. I feel it. I feel an aisle running coming. Some of yous even waking your husband up to hear it. Wake up, honey. He's really preaching this morning. Wake up. Vacuum the carpet. Vacuum all the main house. And Karen had to... Uh, take care of the kitchen putting dishes in the dishwasher you know some of that stuff and uh, I I was the kind that knew exactly how long it took me to vacuum the main part of the house I knew exactly when mom would be rolling in the driveway I knew when I needed to get after it I mean I didn't come home and say oh I got to take out the trash and you know it'd been better if I'd have done all that first then I wouldn't have worried about my Lord's return. If I'd just got it out of the way, it wouldn't have bothered me when the, when the old uh, 240D Mercedes came rolling down the driveway. But you know me, I waited to the last minute. And so... Uh, one one of those days, my sister, you know, she was one of those. She she was uh, she'd gotten all of her work done, and she, she was in the kitchen doing something. And she just kept on. I don't even know what she was saying, but it sounded like you need to get that just that voice that just oh. So I walked in my bedroom. I had a little BB gun. You remember those little Daisy BB guns? Remember those? Yeah. See, I know what you're thinking. See, this is the friction I have with shooting people. Went in my bedroom, got my little Daisy BB gun out. I got to give you some pointers about the Daisy BB gun. There was no guts in fact, that little piece that the BB would come out of had, and then the little, you could unscrew and pull all of it out. There was no guts in it. All it was was really a pop gun. It wouldn't even shoot a BB any longer. There was nothing in it. But I come out of my bedroom with that BB gun with no guts in it and Buddy, her eyes got lit up. I walked right into that kitchen. Yeah, you're going to sass me, aren't you? <laughs> Right there in her belly and she go, falls to the floor oh, oh oh she falls down the floor walling around you shot me I said there was nothing in there it's a pop gun no you shot me she starts digging around her shirt and so I some of you like brother Gene did you shoot your sister absolutely with an air gun turned around and started back to my room and that will shut her up all of a sudden, I wake up on the floor. S- something had hit me in the back of the head. I was in a daze. <laughs> Hello? I'm talking about being offended, I'm talking about my personal struggles with offense. I'm talking about you not always having it your way. I'm not going to let you treat your sister like this. Well, she was mouthing me. Well, I don't care. Well, he shot me. Well, she hit me in the back of the head with a big ladle. She literally grabbed a ladle out of the drawer and slung it, and it hit me right in the back of the neck and knocked me just about out. I got a good whipping for that. Seventeen years old. I wasn't too big for mom to say, "Go lay over the bed." There's some things you can't have. I don't care if you don't like it, but we've got this generation that everything's got to feel good, and everybody's got to like what they do, and like if you. And it, oh, God forbid if somebody doesn't like something. Somebody okay? I mean, no. We we have different ways of doing things. We. Yeah, well, there's people that love to come to church, and they'll cry. And there's others that when the Spirit gets moving, they start running and shouting. Well, that offends me. I wouldn't dare to. Well, no, and you, your crying probably offends them because they think you're sad all the time. See, we've got to understand that we're, we're children of God, and God has all kind of children. He's got sisters that are yappy in the kitchen. And he's got brothers that like to procrastinate to the last minute before they get everything done. Everybody okay? And I think it's very important that we understand a few things uh, today. And if we're, we're not careful, we'll get offended about things that happen. Somebody say amen. I I want us to look at Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. And before I get there, I want to say something to you that I've said before. If the devil could have destroyed us any time he wanted to, I believe he would have already done it. Oh, the devil's trying to tear my family up. Oh, I want to tell you something. If the devil could tear your family up, he would have already done it. devil's trying to get me not to go to hey if the devil could keep you from being saved he'd have already taken you out fact of the matter is there is somebody protecting us there is something watching over us there is something guiding that the devil has no input in somebody say amen so i don't want Uh, I I don't want to take myself out of the hand of God The devil can't destroy me If if he could have destroyed my faith He would have already done it If he could have made me backslide I would have already backslid (laughs) Well the devil made me No the devil didn't make you do anything He can't If he could he would have already done it Turn to your neighbor and tell him The devil can't make you do anything Amen. And I'm not talking about your husband. Genesis 50 verse 19. Joseph said unto them, fear not. For am I in the place of God. Now that would be good for us to remember. Verse 19 is very important. Joseph has been crowned the second in command in Egypt. He has now got authority. He he now... the the most powerful nation of the known world in that day. Joseph uh, is is second only to Pharaoh. And Joseph says to his brothers, don't be afraid. Can I stand in the place of God? I'm not God. Everybody okay? Uh, And we're going to find something here in verse 20. Uh, This is Joseph... After he has spent 21 years in Egypt, and we're going to remind you of his story in just a minute. But Joseph has the spirit uh, enough, uh, understands the ways of God enough to know that even though God has blessed me, even though God has placed me in this place of authority, I am not God. His brothers are saying, Forgive us, we didn't know what, you know, we, we messed up 20 years ago. He says, Listen, I am not in the place of God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, You are not in the place of God. This is very important. Joseph said, It's not my place to put you to death, throw you in prison, retaliate. Get revenge. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Joseph said only God can do that. Vengeance is God's. Now we've, we've taught it. You understand it is God's people. I don't think we should uh, celebrate people that are robbing God. I think it's foolish to rob God. Just like it would be foolish to rob Walmart. <laughs> I think it's foolish to rob God. I wouldn't want to celebrate anybody that's robbing God. Taking God's stuff. And we think in terms of money. But you know something else that is God's and God's alone? Not only the tithe is God's, but revenge is God's. And he said, that's mine. Don't you take what is mine. It's not your place to get back at somebody. (laughs) And the... You know, when you start thinking you should get back at them, is when you start getting in the place of God. Joseph said, I'm not God. I think it would help us to look ourselves in the mirror every morning and say, "Uh, I'm not God. Everybody okay? All right. Look at verse 20. Notice he said, He started with himself. Everybody say, He started with himself. Verse 19, he said, I, am I in the place of God? Obviously a rhetorical question. Don't be afraid because I know I'm not God. Isn't it great to be around people who are real, that aren't uppity-uppity? Kind of makes you anxious, doesn't it, when you're around people that... And Joseph said, don't be afraid because I'm not God. But as for you, verse 20, look at there. He says, me... I'm not God. I've got a healthy understanding of who I am. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good or unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people. Joseph said 20 years ago, you meant evil unto me. You did some bad things to me, but I'm not God. Listen he's got the perfect opportunity to finish the score right here uh, and I want to remind you as we hasten today I'm, I'm not going to take a whole lot more time. Joseph was the eleventh, everybody say the eleventh son of Jacob, the eleventh. There were ten brothers ahead of him, ten everybody say ten okay that's that we need to establish that fact. He dreamed two dreams. Joseph is sent to check on his brothers. And we know as we read through the latter portions of the book of Genesis, uh, when they see him coming because their father favored him because he was at that point the last son and a very special son, the son of Rachel. And and, and Joseph uh, Joseph was sent to check on his brothers and they were so upset they decided they were going to kill him. They were going to kill him. And they threw him in a pit and some there was some discourse about what they should do and some of them felt like they should kill him. Uh, other uh, Judah pleaded for the life of Joseph and, and a story emerged that they would sell him. This band of Ishmaelites just happens to come along. God knows what he's doing. God knows when to send a caravan of traitors by the brothers of Joseph. And here they come at the right place at the right time. And jo- Judah says, let's sell him, get a little money for him, tell dad he died, put blood on his uh, clothes. And tell dad he died, nobody will be the wiser. So they took his coat away. They put animal blood on it to convince their fathers. And a com- company of Ishmaelites took Joseph. And we know where he went. He went, he went to Egypt. If he dies in the pit, there is no profit. So they sold him out. Everybody say they sold him out. It's one thing for your brothers to get mad at you. It's another thing for them to want to kill you. It's another one for them to sell you out. Now in that culture, it's very important to have sons. A man's son carried his name and his inheritance. And Joseph's brothers kept him from receiving his inheritance. They In essence, they blotted his name out. They were stripping him of his identity. They were stripping him of his family blessing and family inheritance. And when you are sold as a slave, you remained a slave until you died. That's the facts of the matter. The woman you married would be a slave until she died. Your children would be slaved all the days of their life. It would have been easier if Joseph... (laughs) had never known what could have been. It would have been easier probably for his brothers to kill him. He now is going to live in the state of being a slave without God's intervention for the rest of his life. It's as if he has now become a living dead man. Joseph was sold to Potiphar, worked for him for about 10 years he had an encounter with Potiphar's wife who falsely accused him but he's a slave speaks a strange language in a strange land who's going to believe him over a wealthy businessman's wife but we do know there might have been some doubt because he wasn't killed on the spot he was just thrown into prison this story is very interesting He's thrown into prison and there he spends two years and prison life in that realm was not like it is today. Uh, They didn't have any gym to go to. They didn't go outside and lift weights or play softball or volleyball. Uh, They didn't have the food that they have in the prison system here in America. Uh, Basically, a prison there was a sunken room or a pit with just enough food to survive. He was there two years, a foreign slave accused of rape, little hope of release. And here's what might have run through Joseph's head. I was asked to check on my brothers, and look what happened. I served my master with honesty and integrity for over 10 years. I'm more faithful than his own wife. I stayed loyal to God and my master. And what is my reward? It seems like the more I try to do what is right, the worse it gets. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? How could God have allowed this? How could my brothers have stolen my promise from God too? What hasn't this mighty covenant God... Why hasn't this mighty covenant God intervened on my behalf? If this is how a loving, faithful God cares for His servants, then I don't want to have much to do with that kind of God. What have I done to deserve this? I only believed that I'd heard from God. And that could have been the last chapter... That we hear about Joseph. But thank God we have an example in the Word of God of a man who said, Although I don't understand what's going on, I refuse to take the bait and get trapped in a prison of being offended. Everybody okay? I want to ask you something we need to ask ourselves, ask ourselves and answer it. Is God really in control? Is God really in control? We like to say He is, but I think it's time we start believing that. I said, I think we say He is, but I think we need to start really believing that He is. We must beware of the dreaded, if it weren't, disease. Yeah, it's a terrible malady running through our minds in Christianity, if it weren't for this and weren't for that. How often do we hear our brothers and sisters fall into the same trap of assigning blame? If it weren't for my wife, I'd be in the ministry. If it weren't for my parents, I would have a normal life. If it weren't for that situation that happened to me, I'd be just, I'd be normal like everybody else. How come others have normal parents and I don't? If it weren't for my pastor repressing my gift, I would be free and unhindered to operate. If it weren't for my former husband, my kids... I wouldn't have all this financial trouble. And the list of if it weren't goes on and on. The list is endless. We all have those if it weren'ts. But I refuse to get an offended spirit with God. I refuse to make myself God and put me on the throne. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. I refuse that. In fact, do you think That when Joseph's brothers almost killed Joseph and then sold him into Egypt, do you think for a minute that God said, listen, listen, God had given Joseph dreams. And when Joseph's brothers dusted their hands off and had that bag of money and had their brother looking out the back of that caravan, do you think at that moment God said, oh, no, what am I going to do now? In our heads, we think that that God, you know, He gets all these plans going and then all of a sudden something happens and God says, Oh no, I'm worried now. What am I going to do? Look at what His brothers have done to Him. They've ruined my plan. I'd better think of something quick. And many people get into a crisis and they think that's exactly what happens in heaven. But the Bible says He knows how many hairs are on our head. He knows the end from the beginning. I'm in the present but he's in the past my present and my future what I'm going to face tomorrow he's already there with the grace so I might be able to stand oh come on let's clap our hands unto the Lord I don't know what's going to take place tomorrow but I know who holds the future oh clap your hands unto the Lord hallelujah hallelujah Can you see the angels? Can, can, you, can you see the angels? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jimmy just got fired. Can you see the angels? Jesus! Jimmy just got fired because a coworker lied about him. What are you gonna do now? <laughs> Everybody okay? Can you see the angels? Jesus! Brother Gene just found out he's got a terrible disease. What are you going to do now? And we live our lives thinking this must have snuck up on God. Nothing sneaks up on God. Oh, praise God. I find comfort in the word that says your God neither slumbers nor sleeps. That says when I'm not watchful, he's watchful. It says in the middle of the night, when I'm not aware of anything going on, he's aware of what's going on. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? God's not surprised. How about this? Hey Lord, hey Lord. Do you have any other guys available down there? The man she was supposed to marry just got married to her best friend. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, that's a little too close to home. Lord, Billy messed it up. (laughs) He married the wrong person. I want this point emphasized. Absolutely no man, no woman, no child And no devil can ever get you out of the will of God. No, you don't believe that, but I'm going to say it again. Absolutely no man, no woman, no child, no devil can get you out of the will of God. If they could have, they would have already done it. Hey, let's look at Romans 8, 35. I think they can get there pretty quick. Absolutely no man. Everybody say no man. Everybody say no woman. No child, no devil can get me out of the will of God. Try this on for size. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Come on, somebody needs to hear that today. Nobody can get you out of his hand. He said, you're in my hand and nobody can take you out. No, I need you to hear that today. He loves me and nobody can change that. Oh, I don't care how many prayers you pray to him and tell him how bad I am. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I don't care how many reports you give him. Nothing can pull you out of the hand of Jesus. But you know what's not listed there? You are. Nobody can take you out, but you can climb out. Not of his love, but of his purpose and his will. At any point in the story, in fact, what if Joseph had gotten out of prison and was offended? Now I know how little it takes to offend some people. I'm not going to tell you to turn and say anything to your neighbor right now. But I know how little some people can get offended over. That's why this story is amazing that Joseph comes out of prison. He's been at least 12 to 13 years betrayed by his brothers, lied on, and been in prison. He finally gets out of prison. And Pharaoh says, you answer to nobody but me. That kind of power in the hands of an offended man is going to kill people. Oh, you're not hearing me that kind of liberty in the hands of an offended man, you say, well, I want to go to a church that has liberty. I want to tell you something that stops liberty. God can't put freedom and liberty or dominion or power in our hands when we're offended because offended people that have that kind of power are going to kill people with it. They're going to misuse it. I want to come to church and be free to lift my hands and worship God. I want to have the liberty to love Him. So, I'm going to refuse these heavy bands. I'm going to refuse the trap. I'm going to refuse the bait. I'm not going to come out of jail with an offended spirit. Let me ask you something. Had he come out of jail and been offended, he would have killed. Listen, he had. What number, son, was he? Number what? 11. There were 10 before him, and they were bad dudes. You know what? You do recognize the tribes of Israel, which was Jacob. All those tribes are named after people, right? They're named after who? They're the tribes of Israel, or Jacob. Every one of those tribes, those ten sons that sold Joseph would have killed him. Those twelve tribes of Israel are named after the sons of Jacob. And if Joseph, who was the eleventh came out of prison, offended, 10 of the 12 wouldn't exist at all. You talk about what Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini did to the Jews in the early late 1930s and the early 1940s, trying to eradicate the Jews from off the face of the earth. I want to tell you something. God put incredible power into the hand of Joseph. He could have wiped out all the sons of Jacob. But he came out of prison with the right spirit. How long have you been dealing with some offense or something somebody did? Joseph, it was 20 years before his brothers came and bowed before him. 20 years. Well, so-and-so did something, somebody, I'm not ever, well, you're only hurting yourself. In fact, I don't have time for all this, but in fact, I find where Joseph had his own wife and children when he was in Egypt, and his first son, the Bible tells us the name of his first son, and the name of his first son in the Hebrew means, God has helped me to forget. Praise God. We need that in this church. Hello, I said we need that in this church. This community needs to see God's people know how to forget. In fact, if I were to poll this community, if I were to poll this community, they probably would have no clue what happened 30 years ago in Pentecost in this city. But some of you can't forget it. No, I'm going to keep on saying it. Hello? Hello? Come on, come on is right, because <laughs> there's some of us that weren't here, and we just wish you'd get over it. Everybody hearing me? I can come out of prison one of two ways. I can come out and say, bless God, everybody I see that had a part of this, I'm going to kill every one of them, and you know what? You will n- <laughs> you know what I had a man say to me when we were talking about a disc- uh, discourse about some issues? i a man told me, he, 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 something I never thought about. He said, you know what? If you do kill somebody, you're going to kill them every day. You're going to kill them every day. Well, no, I'm getting rid of my problems. Oh, no, you may just be opening the door for some more. All of a sudden, the plan of God, the purpose of God is in the hand of a man named Joseph. And he's got an opportunity now to take it out on his brothers. I've been offended for 12 years. And, hey, this is why we need to pray every day, saints. You know why? Because Joe, think about Joseph for a minute. If he thought for a minute that God putting him in this position was his sanction. Wait. God's saying, Joseph, I'm going to bless you and make you second in command to Pharaoh. And Joseph thinks, well, God must be sanctioning all of my opinions and all of my thoughts. God now is putting a sanction on my attitude. If I kill my brothers, God's okay with it because God put me here. No, just because God blesses you doesn't mean he sanctions your attitude. You got to keep humble before the Lord. I begin to wonder why I've had times of prayerlessness in my life. Amen. Uh, You start thinking about why did I not pray like this when I was young and needed it? And you know what? The Lord revealed to me. And it's found in 2 Chronicles 7:14. If my you know it. If my people, come on, help me, which are called by my name, will humble. See, we, we say, folks, you need to pray. Folks, you need to pray. Prayer is not the first thing that needs to happen. People will pray if they do the first thing, and that's humble themselves. A proud man has a problem with prayer. You can't pray much until you say, oh, Lord, not my way, but your way. Oh, Lord, not my will, but your will. Lord, I'm getting on my knees here. I'm going to humble myself. Now, that man can pray because he's got a God that hears every prayer he's praying. But the man that's on the throne and got something to prove to everybody, no, he's not going to pray much because the first step to prayer is humility. Remember that old song, I need thee, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Every hour. Somebody say praise the Lord. Lift your hands and love the Lord right now. I feel his presence. I feel a sweet presence of the Lord here. He's helping us. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. Praise God, Lord, speak to us I, I want to close in fact, if they'll get genesis forty five verse five don't put it up there yet, but we're going there when when we when we see Joseph and his brothers together, he gives them and I don't have time to to uh, go into all this, but he gives them an opportunity to be, to to have revelation he gives them an opportunity to see it for themselves and they don't see it for themselves. He gives them two opportunities to recognize who he is and they miss it both times. They miss it both times. Read it for yourself. He tries to reveal himself to them twice without actually saying it to see if they're sensitive, to see if they're willing to deal with their past and they didn't get it. So he finally runs all the Egyptians out of the room. He breaks down and weeps. And I believe he's weeping because they didn't get it. He's now got to reveal to them himself. So he does. He says, I'm your brother. They didn't recognize him. He didn't look like the pictures of junior high school. He probably looked like an Egyptian for that matter. And there he is. And when, when Joseph reveals himself to them, and they get all shook up, do you notice what Joseph does? They get scared. First thing they need, they get scared. Why do you think they're scared? Because they're, they're fixing to get paid back. That's right. But you know what Joseph did? He blessed them. He blessed them. Wow. This man doesn't even have the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Doesn't even know the love of God like I know it. And these murderers that are in front of him, he blessed them. I got a long way to go to be like the Lord. I feel the Spirit of the Lord. Maybe I'm just feeling it and that's okay. That's okay with me, Lord. God knew what Joseph's brothers would do before they did it. As a matter of fact, the Lord knew they would do it before he gave Joseph the dream and before any of those other boys were born. God knew what was going to happen. Sure he did. So it's not what happens to us that defines us, is it? No. It's how we respond to what happens to us. (laughs) That shows who I am. Genesis 45, I'm closing thank you for being patient with me an old man in his folly genesis 45 verse 5 this is joseph this is after he's revealed himself and they're, they're on the ground saying oh don't be here's here's their words don't be be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither don't don't be upset that you sold me for god sent me before you to preserve life For these two years hath the famine. Everybody say two years they're in two, the second year of the famine you know there was seven of plenty and now there's in. There, it's been nine years since Joseph has come out of prison and the famine has been in the land two years and yet there are five years remaining in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest and God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance so now it was not you that sent me hither but God and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt God put me here and he used you to do it don't let anybody take you out of the hand of the Lord somebody say amen Psalms 105 verse 16 I'm hurrying I'm also uh, needing to wipe my nose Psalms 105, verse 19, verse, I'm sorry, verse 16, Psalms 105, 105, I'm sorry, verse, chapter 105, verse 16, moreover he called for a famine upon the land, he break the whole staff of bread, look at this, the psalmist is writing about the purpose of God, he said, I'm going to put a famine on the whole land, but oh, wait a minute, verse 17, he sent a man before them, even Joseph who was sold for a servant whose feet they hurt with feather, fetters and was laid in iron until the time that his word came. Oh, praise God. The word of the Lord tried him. See, some of the stuff you're offended over is just the word of the Lord trying you to see what's in your spirit. Don't let anybody take you out of the hands of your loving God. Lord, keep on trying me because I want to come out pure gold. Everybody okay? All right, one more verse, not I close. My, my iPad says 1030, so I'm right on it. Okay, Revelation 1 and 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the aisle that is called Patmos for the word of God, for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Many people have been serving the Lord fervently and have come into difficult life situations because of being mistreated by either wicked men or carnal Christians. The truth is that they've been treated unjustly, but to become offended would only fulfill the enemy's purpose of getting me out of the will of God. God's word is trying me and testing me. I want to come out as pure gold. I want to with patience possess my soul. Somebody say amen. Let's stand together and I just want you to connect with somebody beside you. Maybe you're beside your wife or husband. Or maybe a friend that's sitting beside you in the adult class. I want you to just join hands with them right now if it's appropriate. I want us to pray one for another. Lord, I pray right now that this word would fall in the good ground of our heart. Lord we cannot go back and change what happened to some of these people all of these people sitting under the sound of my voice and Lord if we're not careful the sensitivity that's running rampant in this world and the offense and the trap that's got people held and the prison that people dwell in right now would try to creep into the church Lord help us to realize that no matter what happens Lord your word is able to try us. Lord your word is going to come forth and we're going to come out of prison and your is is going to be seen lord don't let us harbor hatred and bitterness and strife and variance and malice o oh lord help us lord not just to be holy people because we come to an apostolic church but help us to examine our hearts and make sure everything in there is pleasing to you o oh lord try us o oh lord and see if there be any evil way in us help us lord We want your power, Lord. We want to see miracles in this community, God. We want to see chains broken, Lord. But your power in the hands of offended people is dangerous. So, Lord, help us to have a right spirit in Jesus' name. And somebody say, in Jesus' name. Well, turn your neighbor and tell them, I don't know if I enjoyed that or not. (laughs) God bless you.